Right, hello and hail to the chief. I'm Rob London. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And it's an election year. <laughs> and yes, welcome back to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. And uh, yeah, it is an election year special. Uh, and in fact, this came out in election year. Uh, 2016. Okay. Uh, first released in the U.S. in June 11th, 2016. So, eight long years ago. Oof. Yeah, that oh. was like tucked deep into that election at that point. Yeah. Uh, also, it feels weird that well, we have been there for a while. We're we're watching episodes that are less than a decade old, yes. and it's getting closer. Yeah. Sometimes things are new. Yeah. So this is the uh, this is the ninth episode of season four of Rescue Bots, the eighty seventh episode overall, uh, written by uh, the late Dean Stefan. Aww. Uh, previously wrote written several Rescue Bots episodes. Uh, last seen in these parts, uh, writing Four Legged Hero. Okay. Uh, nice. One in which uh, Servo the uh, the Cyber Dog becomes the hero of Griven Rock. Yes. Uh, also wrote one of my favorite uh, animated episodes, uh, SUV, Society of Ultimate Villainy. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, that was a great one. And also Rumble in the Jungle, the Robots in Disguise episode that introduced uh, Springload. Nice. Hmm. That one pops up a lot on Pluto's rotation these days. Mm. I'm, I'm always seeing that opening with Strongarm being like, yep, I'm on Wait a second, I gotta make sure. Okay, sorry. The cat <laughs> bothered my mic cable again, so I had to pause for a second there. But it's going. And so uh, we open once again with Huxley Prescott reporting on a, a heated election campaign in Griffin Rock. Uh, specifically, this is a Mayor uh, Mayor Lusky is running for an, a ninth term in office. No, was it ninth? I thought... I could have sworn in the episode it, they said he'd had seven previous I think they said terms. he'd finished his eighth term. Oh. And thus he's running for his ninth. Swear, why did I hear seven? Mm. The important thing is there are no term limits here. Yes. And also... Well, for mayor of a small town... Eh. And also nobody ever runs against him. No. Griffin Rock is a one-party state. I did live... <laughs> In in Columbus, Ohio, uh, somewhat regularly, no one would bother to run against Mayor Coleman. Yeah. But uh, Mayor Coleman was also the kind of guy who one day I was sitting in a coffee shop and, and he walked in and everybody was just like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the guy who followed him was not nearly as charismatic. Hmm. He's the one who, at some point, like, people were, were trying to convince him to run for governor, and then his wife ended up in some, like, drunk driving scandal, and it just had this very, it felt very much like, well, I guess I can't run for governor now. Too mm. bad. <laughs> like, he clearly didn't want to. So, uh, yeah, I I have... I have been in a in a city with a uh, 
firmly entrenched mayoral uh, political machine. Yeah, it looks like uh, Coleman was mayor of Columbus for 16 years. Yeah. Yeah, he was there for a pretty long time. By the time he walked into the coffee shop and everybody was like, hey, that was probably year 14 or 15. <laughs> he, he was very firmly entrenched and pretty well liked. I don't think we're even big enough to have a mayor. How does he keep getting reelected given that he or that nobody runs against him given his uh, constant hilarious bungling of issues? Yeah. <laughs> probably nobody wants to be mayor. They're all busy doing like crazy science and stuff. Well, and apparently it, uh, you ha- you need a short memory to live in Griffin Rock, which yes, means that, that does you come could up. not live here if you were aware of the uh, constant peril that you're hmm. invariably in. That's that's fair. That's fair observation. But he, uh, you know, he still runs a big campaign every time because uh, he, he loves the attention and he wants to ensure a landslide. And people like the pageantry and silliness and something of that is going to go wrong. Like oh, at yeah, this rally this... where they have a pizza delivery blimp that shows up with a couple... It's a Zeppelin! This this is an alternate <laughs> history and there are pizza Zeppelins. It's a pizza Zeppelin! And a couple guys parachute out of it carrying just big stacks of lashed together pizza boxes. They're barely well, lashed together! They, they, they go flying off and start slicing through things. How hard are these pizzas? <laughs> was it the boxes? I think it was probably the, the cardboard. Yeah. Well, if but, this is uh, uh, yeah. if this is a Zeppeli that's delivering pizza, hopefully they're also delivering Zeppeli <laughs> for dessert. <laughs> you would hope. Uh, but instead they're delivering uh, death to these uh, attendees of this uh, this rally as they... They're, a gust of wind catches them. The pizza boxes go everywhere. They go through the parachutes. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's but, still like, it's just falling pizza. It's very perilous for the pizza, but... Yes. Like, but the biggest risk scalding. is you're going to get hit on the head with some pizza. It's probably not that hot. <laughs> yeah. It's probably moderately warm. Well, especially you wonder how long it takes them to, you know, like, fire up that Zeppelin to get it. Unless the pizza restaurant is in the Zeppelin. Yes! I was thinking the pizza oven is in the Zeppelin. (laughs) That would be great. I have a new idea for a business. Although, obviously, you would expect that to be more of a a submarine shop thing, given, uh, you know, blimpies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it's to compete against a subway shop they needed to take this to the sky. Ooh, maybe. That's what they just have instead of food trucks. Just competing food blimps. <laughs> I mean, that'd be kind of neat, but really hazardous, and you can only, like, land at a fairgrounds. But the imminent loss of the pizza is uh, moderately perilous, but mm. I, I have to say that actually the two commercial breaks later in the episode have higher stakes than the falling pizza delivery guys. Yes.
So luckily, the uh, the rescue bots do save the day, although pretty much everybody gets splattered with pizza. Hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they decide to call a town meeting without the mayor. Yes. <gasps> He's like, you can't do that. And they're like, yeah, technically we can. Uh, we see a lot of uh, Mr. Alper, his uh, Urkel-esque assistant in this one. Yes. Yeah. Do we get double duty Steve Bloom? Yes. And we, we do indeed get the mayor's greatest hits, by which I mean his worst hits. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm surprised it wasn't a longer... Like, you could have taken up half the episode with oh, yes. clips of the mayor fucking up. <laughs> He's also, not like, very good. In this town meeting, there are a lot of main accents. There's a lot more accents than usual. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of accents. There's accents like a Chris Claremont comic in here. It's uh, yeah. lots of accents going on. Yeah, there, there's the, the New England fisherman, seaman guy, and there's a few other accents that are... I'm not sure that was a main accent, but that is a regional accent. Well, there's definitely an Indian guy uh, who yes. is clearly yeah. Parvesh China, which is... yes. I suppose I, too, can be called upon to do my native accent when needed. Yeah, well, we could all can do that if we really need to. It's, it's stuff, you know, the things. <laughs> ah, it's, it's it. ah, so can I. It's beauty, eh? <laughs> you don't pull yes. that out often enough. Sure, I think I've done more, um, like, strange brew impressions than you have on the show. <laughs> Well, that's because I... Uh, McKenzie I have, Brothers. I, I don't do a good Max von Sydow. Oh, oh, yeah. Took me too long to remember Mackenzie Brothers. Anyway. Anyway, so, so you know, we're, we're looking... You know, so so they broadcast... They're really looking for another candidate. You know, somebody somebody with a real no-nonsense approach to law enforcement. Hmm. And then Cody's all, Hey, that well, how about Chase? He has an extremely no-nonsense approach to law enforcement. He does. He's and very then, straightforward. He is not both, leadership material. I think we've discussed this. He cannot be the leader. I mean, as as we will find no, out. But, you know, Heat Wave and uh, the Chief, they're, they're all for it. Hmm. Yes. They even quickly come up with a not great slogan. Chase the vote. <laughs> or, no, vote for Chase or something. Chase the vote is actually better than... What did they come up with? I can't remember now vote for Chase because my note is just Chase the vote is better <laughs> yes but but uh, you know Chase is not 100% for this especially since he uh, he does not like public speaking especially in front of other people <laughs> yes but now you know the chief says it's okay Heatwave says it's okay so the race is on we get like the special... rules say that it's okay the law says that that yes. there's nothing in the laws saying that an alien robot cannot run for the office. There's no rules that a dog can't be mayor. Yeah. If multiple towns have had dog mayors and cat mayors. Yes. And it turns out it's not even like a full-time job, so he can just keep do it being a rescue bot while also being the mayor. Yeah, there there was like two stipulations that you had to be like a citizen of Griffin Rock for three years and something else. I think that was about it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, because there was no like no mention of age requirement. <laughs> no. Well, he'd beat but, that because he's several million years old. Well, he might be over the age requirement then. 
Well, I don't think they have a maximum age requirement most places. I, eventually, some places might have a retirement age. There, I wish more of them did, but <laughs> but I'm four billion years old. You're you're well over. In my audio again because now Maddie is. Oh, this is Maddie making the squeaky, the squeaky so- sounds. Tiny squeaking thing. She's got very squeaky Hello. meow and. Like everyone else, as soon as she gets on my desk, she has to start headbutting the microphone. <laughs> and I like that we get these chase uh, election button uh, scene transitions. Yeah. Yes. The buttons are nice. I would totally buy some from someone's table at TFCon if given a chance. <laughs> and also, uh, uh, Cody and Frankie get super into like old timey electioneering. So they're just wearing these straw hats everywhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Really balloons with Chase's face on them. We've got art of him. I, I think it's supposed to be vaguely like the like Obama hope art. Yes. As we except it's him in like an Uncle Sam hat. Well, it's not like that is a new concept to Transformers. We were doing well, that. This with- is true. I like the Uncle Sam hat. We're doing with that with other characters. Were well. Walkie was. I like the Uncle Sam hat. Yes. The Uncle Sam hat is a, is a surprisingly good look on a robot. So, you know, the, the mayor is, of course, incensed about that anybody would dare to run against him. And, you know, how is he going to handle, you know, my calls with the mainland? Uh, and, you know, the, it's Mr. Alper who actually handles all of your calls from the mainland. <laughs> How's he going to do all the important aspects of your job that you already hand off to an assistant? Basically, the main thing that he does, he has, like, dinners with business leaders. And, yeah. Well, he, he won't eat his own dinners. Mm. But he does agree to a debate. And, uh, you know, Lusky's got the upper hand because Chase, of course, he fumbles with his speech and everything. But calls uh, it turns out debate the, me. Mm, he doesn't. But not quite. Debate me. <laughs> It turns out he does indeed know a great deal about the town. He does. You know, he knows that it uh, about its uh, blueberry crop. He knows that it has an anthem written for musical saw and various little legal stipulations and, and upcoming um, poll. No, not poll thing. What is right, it? Right, it comes up about bond issue seven A, which yeah. the mayor knows nothing about. But in fact, Chase knows it's all about improving the uh, town's infrastructure for only pennies a year for the average yeah, taxpayer. So- Chase in favor of raising taxes. Mm. One of those tax and spend liberals. <laughs> bit a bit of a hawk when it comes to law enforcement, though, as we're about to see. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The most so, sho- meanwhile, shocking part of it—I I forget mm. if it's right now or it's right or it's right after this. There's polling on this tiny island. What? Yes. Like. It's not even like exit polls. It's polls before the election. What else do you think Huxley Prescott is doing in his spare time? I guess, but in his van down by the river. I I assume he would need help on this tiny island with a population of maybe a thousand. I mean, Huxley Prescott is definitely, he's got like a whiteboard set up in there. He's like that, uh, who's that guy on MSNBC? (laughs) Steve something? Uh, uh, Steve Kornacki. That guy. Yes. Steve Kornacki. He's got all the polling data. He's definitely got, like, a map of Griffin Rock set up that he's pointing to. Yep, pointing to which streets, and he's just going over there, <laughs> being like, Citizen, who are you supporting in this mayoral race? 
Oh, yeah. And uh, at one point, Cody says that the poles are looking great, and Chase, uh, hopes so, given that this is a firehouse, and I do polish them on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, some really good deadpan jokes in this episode. And meanwhile, Doc Green is working on a MacGuffin device. Of course. As he does, as is his way. It's a mini molecular collider. What does it do? Listen, it explodes. That's what it does. <laughs> yes. I mean, of course it does. It could lead to real advances in the field of science. <laughs> the field of blowing up small islands. Science in the night veil sense. So, you know, it is time for Lusky to do what he does best, and that is wacky stunts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which means he puts on a cowboy outfit and starts kit and starts walking through the streets of town on that uh, dangerous mechanical bull. No! Yeah, which they had to drag off the island of misfit robots. Yes. And indeed, as soon as it sees it sees red, it goes berserk. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe don't use that particular... Uh, plows <laughs> through his campaign headquarters. We find out that, of course, Griffin Rock has a police code for mechanical bull running wild. Well, they do now. After the previous incident. <laughs> So, you know, somebody says, somebody or, says to call 911. I'm guessing, like, it's a subset of mechanical dinosaur running wild, because that happened first. <laughs> mechanical animal mechanical running animal, wild yeah. is, is a police code. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Marilyn Manson album, which I think is also a police code. So you play that. A mechanical animal? <laughs> I am a mechanical animal. Mechanical animal! Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Huh, that, that feels like a Transformers episode title. Manimals. Manimal, in color. So he is, so somebody says to call 911, and then Chase says, I am 911, and then the shades lower over his uh, eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! We won't get fooled again. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wait, anyway, wait. Okay, that that's an episode I want, but like, it's not going to happen. Like a murder mystery episode, but of course you're not going to have murder on this island, so it would no. have to be like a murder Some mystery dinner episode. Oh, and the robots just get involved and mess everything up. Anyway, Heatwave is regretting this entire thing. Yes. Yes. Beca- but it's too late because he, Chase he regrets having made this recommendation. Yes. Chase is victorious. He is the mayor. <gasps> Yay! Yeah, he's uh, he studied his politicians and he's ready to be sworn in after some mishaps. <laughs> yeah, can't not have mishaps on Griffin Rock. So pretty quickly, he takes office and uh, he's decided that hey, you know what a great way to save money is? Turn off all the lights. <laughs> He's a robot. He doesn't need them. He's a robot. He can see in the dark, but his assistant needs light, so that's not entirely a great idea. And it turns out that he he just starts cutting corners everywhere and following every rule and inevitable chaos. Almost immediately, he has gone mad with power. Yes. This is the ACAB episode. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, but like... He institutes more regulation. Well, enforces more regulations, and then the worst thing is like 
You cannot go over 10 miles per hour anywhere on the island unless it's for an emergency. And also, all streets are one-way streets, and also no dog walking on alternate Fridays. Oh, yeah, the, the one, one-way streets thing is nuts. Well, it's, it's one of those, you cannot you know, like, have a garage sale without a permit. Yeah. That's right. And also, uh, Doc's lab is improperly zoned, so he's prepared to go full Walter Peck on this thing. <laughs> yeah, but he, he has a remote switch in the mayor's office, can just turn off any chunk of the island. Yeah, so he doesn't even have Which to... Which feels like that's something that would have come in handy way earlier in previous yes. episodes. That's fine. Also, he notices that the mayor has been spending an awful lot on keys. Yes. Turns out he's constantly losing keys, so he keeps having to have keys made, and then also has keys hidden all over town, which is kind of because terrifying. Because the mayor's, the well, mayor's the, approach the to extremely important keys is the same approach I have to ballpoint pens, which is maybe, like, <laughs> not good for very important keys. Like, you don't just have them lying around everywhere, so there's always one when you need it. Hmm. <laughs> Well, it's good for the resolution of the episode in a funny way, but... That's true. Yes. It does pay it, off. It turns out that, uh, you know, the people of Griffin Rock may be right, and that he may be crazy, but it <laughs> might just be a lunatic that they're looking for. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, where is it? Is it when he loses the election, or is it a little bit later when Mayor Lusky drowns? That's next episode. No, 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 he's, he's just in the he's, he's, uh, he's in, in the, the pool, the tub when he finds out that yeah. he lost. Oh, that's right, because right, he's got right. a rubber yes. ducky, and I was like, "Hey, that's some big <laughs> Megatron. He's where's <Yeah>. Megatron <laughs> energy?" Yeah, he loses the election, and he just sort of sinks into the pool, bubbling, and like that's the end of the scene. <laughs> It's like, well, okay, the previous mayor just drowned to death. All right, so he's dead. <laughs> he's like that. Uh, like that Prime Minister of uh, Australia who just drifted out to sea and was never seen again. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's one of the weird political mystery thingies. It's extremely Australian. But also, like, he was a really good swimmer. Well, it's just... Oh, yeah, but sometimes, you, you know, you hit a riptide, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, or a shark. Yes, but, like, like it was, the thing was, like, he was a good enough swimmer, he should have known what to do in a riptide. He's just... Very odd. Like, I, th I think the thing was that, like, he'd previously been caught in a riptide. Like, years before. And I was like, oh, yeah, he came out fine. It's just, just one day he just vanished from the face of the earth. So Chase calls the chief to explain that there can be no more garage sales without a permit. And because, mm. because statistically the majority of accidents happen on two way streets. That's why all the streets are going to be only one way now. And Oh yes. Like, like the statistical things about like where bullet holes are in a plane, the chief would apply to streets. The chief tries to explain to him that these are just small matters that he does not need to be spending the government's, resources on and he says when it comes to the law there are no small matters it's like oh no oh chase <laughs> this was a bad idea oh hey this is this is how the the autobot council did things in the past that ended up creating the decepticons oh no yes megatron got one too many parking tickets <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we get a Huxley Prescott report. Everybody is incredibly annoyed. 
uh, at the, at this traffic. And yes, he does indeed go full Walter Peck on uh, Doc's uh, lab, even as he's uh, picking the form up from the Hall of Inspiration. Yeah. He didn't have it back soon enough. He'll turn it back on when he gets back with that form. Yeah. It, it, uh, it's like you have the information that he's already picking up the form. Let's turn it off. What? Uh, politics gone mad. <laughs> I mean, listen. Listen, my uh, my mini molecular collider was working just fine until Dickless here turned uh, <laughs> turned the power off. And it is, in fact, true. This robot has no dick. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He's a robot. Yes. I mean, unless yes. you're on Tumblr. No, I, oh, I really hope nobody's done anything... <laughs> Like that with the rescue bots, please. There has definitely been some cheap burn zaddy <laughs> art. I, <laughs> I'm sorry to inform you. <laughs> I'm not entirely against that one. Like of the entire cast, like sexualizing chief burns is like, yeah, okay, probably the least problematic. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I mean, it's him or Doc Green, or or them together. Oh, no. Or, do- or Dr. Morocco. <laughs> yes. Ooh, yes. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, where were we? <laughs> so pretty soon, of course, this is, uh, this is Greta Rock. Peril is upon us, and that is in the form of a toppling dinosaur billboard. Yes, because, again, the the peril required to cut to commercial break is even greater than the peril to open the episode this time. Yeah, but, like, they know it's going to collapse like way before it really gets to the point of collapsing it's it's a really rickety billboard it's possibly advertising a dinosaur movie possibly just advertising uh, the concept of dinosaurs <laughs> dinosaurs they're neat I'm in favor of that or they, well maybe there's more dinosaurs in the museum again dinosaurs are neat or it's like that uh, uh, that picture was circulating on the internet a while back of like a billboard where like the various years of layers had worn off and there was like a 1993 billboard for Jurassic Park underneath it. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Although if you're putting posts, if you're layering them up that long, those many decades, like that, that's going to get a heavy paper is weighty in abundance. Well, that's why it's uh, always fall, threatening to fall on and uh, crush uh, the citizens of Griffin Rock. Yeah. I guess. There is a mention that there are some hikers stranded that they need to go rescue because their hiking permits expired <laughs> while they were out. Yeah. There is a very popular trail near me that has moved to a permitting system, but I don't think your permit expires really? if you go camping for a day or so up there. It just got oh, too busy. Oh. <laughs> I guess I'll have to check the ones around here. I don't know. It got too busy, and then also people were like, trying to do it just on a whim without being properly equipped or in proper shape and oh, it's like yeah. a nine mile loop of a mountain and I just yeah don't do oh, that oh up mountain did some of the trails I've been to around here while walking in, in on a golf cart <laughs> like there's just so much trash in places Ugh. yeah that too that too there were just too many people going to it it was clogging the mm. parking areas and so they decide to go to a permit system. It's called Old Rag, if you want to look it up. Anyway, it's not totally unheard of to have hiking permits, but 
I'm pretty sure they don't expire on you while you're up the mountain. So they they do manage to uh, to save the people from this billboard. They're headed back to the uh, the fires. They drive past City Hall, but they're going over 10 miles an hour, and it's only allowed if they're going to the emergency, not coming (laughs) back from the emergency, so they get ticketed. Giant tickets. Giant Cybertronian-sized tickets that he hands out to them. And I, I believe he says that he tells then tells them to have an acceptable day. Yes. He's <laughs> <laughs> gone full a cab. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't seem you need a hiking permit around here, unless you're going to a lake. Yeah, Old Rag but was a, a pretty special case. It's like one of the most popular oh. hikes in Shenandoah. And then uh, also, it's kind of difficult, so you need to be ready. You need to, if if you haven't prepared enough to, fu- to you know, get the permit, like, a month in advance, you have not prepared enough to go on this hike. <laughs> and so while they're, while they're getting tickets, uh, Doc Green comes up and uh, he tells them, hey, I can't, I'm locked out of my lab, and also that thing I was working on is going to turn into a bomb that's going to destroy the entire island. He, like, he he could have turned it off before he went to go. I realize he only thought he was going to be gone for a little bit to deal with the permitting issue, but, like, I don't leave my space heater on when I go run to Target. It, well, yeah. Hmm. <sighs> But so they, why would he think to turn it off? All right, so it's fine. You know, they just have to go and uh, turn the thing back on. But unfortunately, uh, the key to the security system is now lost. <laughs> like, is there a magpie? <laughs> like, where did it go? <laughs> uh, so it's time to call in the one man who can save the city, Mayor Lusky. <laughs> <laughs> he is ready. Well, he, he he's tanned, rested, and ready, and he is hanging out in his backyard in his underpants, drinking prune juice out of a can. <laughs> As you do. And he has learned from one of the mistakes he made previously in the episode. He put blue blockers on his bowl. He has learned exactly one lesson. Yes. Because it just so happens that there is indeed a key just under the uh, under the welcome mat. <laughs> Which, okay, I mean, for anywhere else on the island, that might be a crazy idea. But for the main mad science lab on the island, not a horrible idea. Yes. Uh, Okay, fine. I will allow that this time the oversaturating your environment with ballpoint pens, so there's always a ballpoint pen available routine as uh, it, it works out for them. Yes, the, the mad science lab might explode. I need a key on hand at all times. Yeah. I do like that it's under the welcome mat, which has like an atom on it. Yeah. So he uh, he gets back in the nick of time. The day is saved and Chase steps down as mayor. And that means that uh, Lusky, because he was the, ma- the runner up, is now the mayor again. Chase is concerned that it's more important that he continue his civic duty, but they convince him that stepping down is his civic duty. 
<laughs> and of course, the mayor celebrates with fireworks that quickly set a bunch of trees on fire. <laughs> yeah. Chase instructs everyone to please panic in an orderly fashion. Yeah. Yes, he immediately holds a big political stunt that goes badly. As is his way. One, exactly one lesson was learned. <laughs> and that is, uh, that is it for the episode. This, I, I really enjoyed this one. Very good. <laughs> yeah. it, it was uh, comedy politics and messing with the mayor again is always fun. And a B-plot mad science thing just going off. It, it's, it's good. It's good little local small town stuff going on. And it just makes me wonder, although I'm never going to bother looking it up because we'd have to watch the show. How many plots of this show could have been borrowed accidentally from the TV show Eureka? Hmm. Ooh. I feel like none of the... I don't know that any the Eureka had like any weird robots that could run for mayor. Well, no giant robot stuff, but but it's, it's it's a town about mad science stuff going on where the main scientist is a black mad scientist. And and the, course, the main uh, Joe Morton. Yes, Joe Morton, and the main character is the local sheriff. Right. So it's like there's bound to be like some similarities going on every once in a while. Like accidentally there has to be like the same plot at least once. Mm-hmm. So now, but again, I'm I'm not going to go back and rewatch that show. Not like a David Wise situation where he was literally just assuming that a different group of children would be watching this other show that he wrote, so he'd just reuse the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Oh yes. Uh, this week on one, two, three, four, five, five man. The whereabouts of our parents. <gasps> dun dun dun. Oh. Because that at the very beginning of the show, the five siblings lost their parents in an alien attack by the aliens that are now trying to take over Earth, and they were preserved. Parents were assumed dead, but they're not. Surprise. Anyway, uh, Empress Meadow, the giant floating head in the sky of the bad guys, their leader was controlling the Volgire, their spaceship, which was uh, alive, we found out last episode, full of intestines and things. Yeah. And is trying to destroy the Earth to absorb death energy. So not just sentient, to... but alive. Yes. Gross. Like, like kind of a little bit more organic than Unicron, but, but same general concept. But more of a pointy spaceship. Kind of sort the spaceship a little bit looks like the spaceship from Life Force, but less umbrella-like. I should see that movie. I mean, I probably shouldn't. It's, but I should see that movie. It's it's probably the best B movie ever made. It's either that or Skull Island. Anyway, Man, uh, I like Skull Island. Had had hiddles. Empress Meadow has an allergy attack, and then the spaceship crashes because apparently she's allergic to a specific flower. And then proceeds, well, the illusion that was Empress Meadow shatters, and it turns out, oh, the spaceship is alive and has been talking to us. It's just been using, like, a projection of a giant woman's face in the sky. And now it's just a booming voice coming from inside the living spaceship. 
this doesn't really change things that much in the structure of the bad guys. Other than the fact that they know, oh, the thing we've been piloting around in is alive. That's kind of weird. That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, it speaks to him. And, and Doldora, the, the lead scientist of the bad guys, just sort of snaps. Because this spaceship is now telling her that, that okay, we have to kill another planet so it can absorb death energy so that it could become a god. And she's like, nope. Nope, I'm laughing mad. She, I'm done. She takes off her scorpion-themed helmet. It's like, sits on the ground. Nope, I'm out. Like, that is a no. Absolutely not. Just starts cackling, cackling and wailing, and then like, you're a monster, not a god. What have I been living for? And it's like, she's over. And then Volgire's like, yeah, no. Okay, I need a monster of the week. I'm going to wrap you up in some vines. And... Sure, I'll wrap up your sidekick, too. He's shaped like an egg and fuse you into one monster that's rose-themed and thorned and send you out to go kill those flowers that are causing me allergy attacks. <laughs> sure. I, too, would like to call, like to just kill all the flowers causing me allergy attacks. So, relatable. Meanwhile, the, the Red Ranger is still running around in the base. The bad guy, the spaceship... With Gunther from space from last episode who rescued him. And then they stumble into Billions who's drunk. And and Red is like, why are you still following this giant monster that wants to be a god? What the fuck? And Billions is all, man, I got two things. Sake and swords, and those are my only purpose in life. <laughs> and just starts fighting the Red Ranger. And they continue to fight in the ship and then outside. Meanwhile, the rangers encounter the fused thorn Doldora monster trying to destroy and almost successfully destroying all the plants that the Empress is alert or Volgire is allergic to. <laughs> except for one that's carried away by a child and they, they sh there's a small chase scene there. Meanwhile, Billions... Um, in the process of Billions fighting Red, Gunther gets between a sword and dies to save the Red Ranger. As you do in a romantic sacrifice or something. Yeah, you know, normal stuff. And and then Red drags him away and, and Gunther reveals, oh yeah, I know where your parents were. Because, funny story, I ran into them and they rescued me and... Uh, healed my wounds, and then I stole their giant robot spaceship, which they were planning on using to come back to Earth to visit you. Oopsie! I'm dead. R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, but at least he mentions the planet they're on. So they can call, I guess. It was nice of him. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we get to the end. Um, I did not expect Billions to die, but he does. Oh, like, he gets stabbed by the Red Ranger. Well, also because, like, Doldora got turned into the monster. I figured this was her final episode. I didn't realize it was also Billions' final episode. But he get Billions gets killed, and his last lines are, How beautiful the moon is! Which... Okay. It... That's a line, at least some degree of that, that's like, I love you in some things. It's, it, it's like a Japanese idiom. Of, of two people in love, instead of saying, I love you, they just look at the moon and say, look how beautiful the moon is. And somehow that's like shorthand. A la the princess bride, as you wish. 
This is just talking about the moon. But then after that, right before he explodes, he shouts, Sake! It's like, he wants to be drunk as he dies. Fair. Anyway, yes, yes, Jen, there is a giant robot fight. The Rose-themed Doldora monster gets big. Good. And the Rangers robot fights. And Yay! It's okay. That's the and, most and important part. Sorry. Two of the big general, well, two of the big generals and the henchmen of one, the science lady are all dead in one episode. We are rushing to the end really quickly. Somebody noticed what episode they're on. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers, this is the third to last episode. They're like, oh shit, <laughs> we're almost done. Yeah. Better start just, having villains either uh, defect or die. Yeah. As is the it way. Just, I didn't expect this many to die in one episode. They're cleaning house kind of quickly. Yep. Uh, oh, and Chris Gunther gets a Christian burial. Huh. Like did they just sure they just just like they're talking to his cross at the end of the episode. It's like we'll protect the earth for you and this one flower you helped save. Thanks, bye. <laughs> Wish you hadn't stolen the robot from our parents, but we did kind of need the robot to fight the bad guy. So eh, yeah, it works out. It happens. Fun episode. All right, so that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Buzz action. Until you can find us all over the internet, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we are on Mastodon, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on IaconUnderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is Patreon.com slash IaconUnderground. For January... Uh, David got to call birthday privilege, and we watched One Piece, and were horrified by the violent clown, uh, as all good yes. people should be. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but as far as, like, horrible violent clowns in media go... I mean, he's no Pennywise, but he's pretty he's bad. Be- he's better than most Jokers. Yeah, yeah, I I would give him that he's, I mean, not like... Batman the Animated Series Joker, but he's definitely no, one up on anything played by Jared Leto. Yeah. I'm I'm saying it here, the guy who played Deke in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is better than Jared Leto. Yeah, I, I, I'd rank him up there with like, uh... Leto, whatever. Jack Nicholson level Joker. Yeah, very, uh, definitely clown. Yeah. <laughs> For February, uh, we will be watching the Marvels uh, now that that is going to be on uh, streaming. And David, you said that mm-hmm. you, I believe David's the only one of us who didn't see it in the theater. Yeah, no. Yes. So David has not had a couple months to process it. Also, I am hearing that David has not been spoiled on the end credits scene yet. I, Ooh. If I was, I've forgotten whatever it was. Okay. Okay, good, good. Be looking forward to that. But then again, like, I didn't hear a lot of talk about that movie, which is kind of a shame. uh, Admittedly, I didn't see it. I love... My my Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, is Monica Rambeau. Uh Uh-huh. So I was really excited. I know, I was really excited that she was finally in a movie. It's just that 2023, I only saw three movies in a theater, I think. I guess... I guess that's And fair. that wasn't one of them? 
but uh, I personally had a lot of fun watching it, and I'm looking forward to watching it again and expecting yes. it to continue being a, little, a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, I, I did feel more comfortable recommending it to uh, my boss at work, who has a nine-year-old daughter who really loves oh. animals, versus Guardians of Ooh, the Galaxy yes. 3. Ooh, yeah. Who I was like, yeah, I don't know if she's ready for, for that. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, but this, I was like, yeah. You should definitely take her to see that. Well, and especially if she loves animals. Some uh, some good animals in this. Yes. Aw, babies. It, as in more than one? Ooh. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm surprised you weren't spoiled on that from the marketing, from the merchandise. I mean, I might... Again, that that does kind of feel like something... Mer- merchant? Wow, merchandise. Merch. I don't remember. Oh, I mean, I, I assume there was a flurkin toy, but... Well, it's a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward to watching it again, and uh, we'll be talking about it next month yeah, on Patreon, right. as little as a dollar a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we will be back next week on the, on the main feed with uh, with a new Rescue Boss episode as we uh, get ready to celebrate All Spark Day. Hooray! Ooh. Happy holidays! I'm just going to start celebrating that instead of whatever other winter people are celebrating. I mean, yeah, but but it's... Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't forget that instead of Christmas, you've got uh, midwinter, which involves the delivery of fresh bread. That's true. And I forgot to take my new neighbors, who I actually rather like, some some fresh (laughs) bread mysteriously Um. delivered on their doorstep. Alas, maybe next year. Uh, so, so until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I don't know how to make sourdough bread. I'm David, and I am not a crook. <laughs> 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 <laughs>